Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast was created to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and remember who you are, light and love. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Again, that's heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 395. Today's guest is sharing with you how to live life on your own terms and how to not just think outside of the box, but completely get rid of the box. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Chris Bello. Chris, welcome. Thank you. So great to be here, Heather. And this is super fun. So I just got interviewed on Chris's podcast. But what I love about podcasting, we found out we're both here in Denver. So you got to love technology, but like-minded people. And Chris, I want you to give a little background, you know, well, we know where you live now, Denver, but what it is that you do. And it's, it's interesting that we both come from similar backgrounds. Yeah. So it it was so interesting when you were telling your story on my show, I'm like, whoa, this is exactly like my story. Worked in oil and gas, quit my job in 2017. I did throw some travel in there. And if anyone's watching the video portion, obviously we both have like a map or globe of some sort behind us showing that we do love traveling. But I guess I was heavily influenced by books such as Four Hour Work Week and the digital laptop lifestyle and just creating a business that allows you to live that sort of life. And so that's what I've really done with real estate. To um, share a little bit about the background, I recently moved from Texas, from Houston to Denver, Colorado, of course, in March of uh, 2021. So this was a very recent move. I'm still closing deals remotely in Houston, but I also have built my business in a way where I can get referrals and help people move to or from anywhere in the world. And as long as I make the connection, I can get a referral commission, therefore adding value to that person, uh, earning an income for myself. So I can do this anywhere at any time on my own terms, which uh, I love that phrase, life on your own terms. That's really big for me. Well, and what you shared, and I think it's so powerful because most people would think real estate, it would keep you locked down. And I've actually, I've looked into it several times to get my real estate license. I love it. I think it would be fun showing people it's manifesting on a new level, getting their vision. And I just think it would be fun. But what deterred me was I was like, I don't want to do evening showings. I don't want to do weekend open houses. I don't want to be on somebody else's schedule. Mm -hmm. And realtors work around the clock. They don't have that nine to five. There's not a lot of boundaries. So I love what you did. And you shared with me, you've got to think outside the box, or I love how you put it, get, uh, get rid of the box. There is no box. Yeah. It's just changing your mindset. Hey, these rules were and parameters were set by people who didn't have the technology that we now have, right? The world has opened up as we've learned over the last year or two, everyone's accustomed to zoom calls, working from home in their t-shirts and shorts type thing, or putting on like a sports jacket if they're doing an interview. And the world's changed, right? What Whatever rules were made up 20, 30 years ago don't really apply in many cases because things are totally different. We live in a different world. And as we discussed when you were on my show, we can manifest different realities and possibilities than we might think initially. Pardon the interruption. 
If this content is resonating with you, I want to offer you some additional resources. Check out my website, heatherhakes.com, and take the free life assessment. This is a great tool to take inventory in life where you're feeling in alignment and abundant and where you're simply feeling stuck, stressed out, or as someone recently emailed me, completely ruining their life. I've also created a self-study course all about mindset and manifesting. Again, check out my website, heatherhakes.com, and click on course. Finally, if you are ready to deep dive and really transform your life, I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. I will teach you what has taken me years and tens of thousands of dollars to learn in which you can start implementing right now. To learn more and schedule your free strategy call, visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching. Now back to regular programming. Well, and ultimately it's, I, I like the term a paradigm shift, but you have to start thinking bigger because we're all living from our own perspective, which is extremely limited because our perspective yes. is from our experiences, our background, the past. And so now how do you step into that thinking outside the box? And, and I want somebody who's listening to go, holy crap, whether it's my business or my job, my career, my, my family, my finances, I can make this whatever I want it to be. Well, you know, one thing I think that's really helped, and I'm sure you've seen this as well with all the guests that you've interviewed, is that I get so many different perspectives because I don't have a podcast on Houston, Texas real estate. Like that would bore me to death, to be quite honest. I couldn't yeah. talk about houses or inspection reports for five hours a week. It's not my passion. And that's why my podcast resorts or revolves rather around entrepreneurship, mindset, productivity, the things that light me up. And because of this, I've been able to connect with so many cool people from across the world, right? Like you and I figured we both live in Denver, but in many cases I jump on, I'm like, where are you at? Oh, you're in Australia. Cool. Or you're you know, in Singapore. I never know until I'm on the call in many cases. And so because I've had such a diverse exposure to people in different industries from different places with different backgrounds, it's opened my mind to believe what can be possible, right? They might share something that worked in a business that's totally different from mine. And I can take nuggets from that and apply it to my own life. Whereas I kind of have made the, um, the example that real estate agents in a specific market or office, they're surrounding themselves with only that. So all they hear is what can be done, what can't be done, the things that don't work. And they may think that something's possible that someone else says, ah, that's not going to work. I already tried it. And now they don't even ever try it. Versus me, who's having a conversation with someone who's done it in Singapore. I'm like, they did it over there. I can do it over here too. It's possible. And we talked about that as well. If you believe it's possible, you'll take the actions. But if you don't, you'll never even try. Yeah. Well, I think what's important to highlight there is our environment. And, yes. you know, the saying goes, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. But we are a product of our environment. The people that we're around, you likely, I, and I'd love for people to think about it right now and go, holy crap, she's spot on. But the, whoever you're spending the most time with, you probably make similar money. You do the same things. You talk about the same shit day in and day out. And <laughs> yeah. so it just keeps you limited. And that's a choice. It comes down to choice. And I think a lot of people fear change. And for me over the last two plus years, I've had a lot of social circles, quote, fall away 
because I just no longer resonated with them. I, I couldn't keep doing the same old thing wanting because I want, I have big visions and big dreams and goals. And I love traveling and expanding and talking about consciousness and these amazing things. And that wasn't happening in those situations. And so, you know, I had to let that fall away. Have you experienced Absolutely. something similar or can you relate to that? I, I really can. And I think a lot of people who are high performers, type A entrepreneurs, go-getters, we like to take action and change things up and mix things up. We live in the uncertainty and many times we thrive in that. Whereas people who like the certainty of the job and the paycheck and, you know, they, they live in the town and grow up in the town that they were born in type thing that is very comfortable. It's what's known. They know their friends. They go to the store. They meet people that they know anywhere they go. Like that's how it was in Houston. As big of a city Houston is and as big as of a state as Texas is, I'd go to a bar. If I'd go out at night somewhere, I'd run into three, four, five people that I knew went to school with this person, went to high school with that person. And that's a huge city with millions of people. I can't even imagine a small town where there's 10,000 people and you know everybody there, right? Like you go to the one school that they have. I saw a meme on Instagram or something that was like, the ultimate hack is to leave your hometown, at least for a little bit, to focus, to learn. And that's what we did. When we moved to Denver, I had one friend that I went to college with and we weren't even really friends. I met him one time when we went to New Orleans for uh, Mardi Gras and we were Facebook friends. And so this felt like a hack to me to just escape all the old, the old life, the old things I was telling myself, the same old things that everyone's doing every weekend. I was very bored of that. And here I can be very intentional. Who do I want to be friends with? Where do I want to hang out? I don't even want to get into the circles that are going out three, four times a week to get blackout drunk. I want to go hang out with people who are doing what I'm doing. Like you said, who has the big vision? Who wants to build a big business and change the world? Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people, you don't have to, and I don't want to bash people. You know, if somebody not entrepreneurship is not for everyone and a nine to five, if that, if that's all you want, that's okay. But I don't think those kind of people are probably listening to this. And so I think it ultimately comes down to choice, but what in you really pushed you to take a leap, to leave everything you knew to move to Denver where there was, I mean, that's a, that's a big leap. I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Um, my life coach was telling me that it just sounds like I, I like novelty. I like new things. I hate, I get bored very easily. And even in my corporate role, I did a rotation program. It was like prestigious to be in three years, every six months I was rotating. I got to work in the middle East. They, they paid for me to live in Dubai for six or seven months. So I always had novelty, right? I had a new project. I had a new manager, a new team, and even then I found by five or six months in, sometimes I'd start to be like bored. Like I'm okay. I've already done this. I want to see something new, but when you're in a framework that's given to you, you're kind of just stuck in that. Right. So for me, the allure of just living the life of my dreams was like, I want life on my own terms and it's not for everybody. There's uncertainty, but if you can handle that, you kind of jump, you lean into it. Right. I lean into the uncertainty. I've been skydiving. I've been scuba diving. I've slept in a hostel in Thailand, even though I saw bed bugs and I was like, whatever, it's too late. I'm just going to go to sleep. I'm gonna wake up. We're going to be fine. I got scuba classes in the morning. So when you take that leap, it helps you do that in all areas of life where you're no longer afraid to do something that most people will be like, oh, I can't hike that. The mountain's too steep. I'm not going to skydive. I'm not going to try that thing. You jump into it and you're like, I'll do it. 
yeah. it becomes a habit. So I use, I used to use this phrase all the time and it's to let fear fuel you, not rule you. And yeah. so I learned to Love use that. that fear to ignite me. And when I would get those butterflies and that, that kind of almost panicky feeling, I'd be like, yes, I'm going in the right direction. And so you're right. I've learned to go towards that thing. And then number one, it no longer has power over you. Number two, you get new experiences. It just like you expand, you evolve. I know. I mean, it excites me, but I'm also an adrenaline junkie. I love speed. <laughs> yeah. I love Roller bungee jumping. Oh, I mean, yeah. Get, I, I too have done skydiving. I'm like anything to, to get those butterflies going in my stomach. Something I'd like to share on that note. I heard this once before and then I paid attention and they were so right. So fear, the physical things that happen to you, maybe sweaty palms, butterflies in your stomach, that sick feeling are the same experiences you have with excitement. So if you learn that, oh, and again, it's shifting your mindset, shifting your perception. This isn't fear. This is excitement. Okay. I'm excited. And like kind of talking yourself into it. I think that's important. Absolutely. I think that's huge. And just, I know we talked about that acronym too for fail. I know you have it written down over there. So if you want to bring that up, I'm like, Hey, I wrote it down too. Yeah. But that one's really good for just getting over failures, getting over fears, um, realizing that, you know, life's uncertain, but one mindset shift for me that I had was when you think about a lot of people think about what if it doesn't work? What if this doesn't happen? What if I get fired? What if I quit my job and I can't make any money? but they don't flip the coin and decide, you know, what if it actually works? What if this is my dream job? What if I make three times more money working half the time next year or in two years? And so a lot of people see the glass half empty instead of half full. I think it's very important to start to see what all the possibilities are and really start to think positively, like what could go right instead of just what can go wrong. And look how easy that is. It's a simple shift in perception. And so you have one scenario you're focused on one way, but now it's, it's training yourself to focus on another. I think a good example to use this is, and I actually used it the other day recording a podcast. We've got to stop looking in the rear view mirror. So if you're driving down the road, you don't drive down the road looking behind you, right? You drive and you are forward focused. So yeah. in these scenarios that we're all going to come up against, we could talk about dating. Well, why even date and get into a relationship? Cause it could fail really? Like that's how you're going to live your life. You're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. (laughs) What if approaching that person ends up you marry and have the best relationship of your life? Or what if you go into this business venture and it doesn't work out fail? Let's talk about fail. So the acronym we wrote down was first attempt and learning. I'm on my third business venture and I don't believe those first couple were failures at all. I learned a lot. Sure. They cost me money. They cost me time but I learned. And so it is learning and doing different next time. Definitely. And in a lot of times we talked about this too, before we hit record, we learn in school, failing's bad, getting an F on a paper is terrible. You don't want to tell your, you know, your classmate next to you that you were the one who got the lowest grade in the class, right? It's, it's looked down upon, but the funny thing is that in the real world, that's how you learn making mistakes, trying, right? Trial and error, you're never going to know if it's going to work. You're not going to figure it out on the first try. That's kind of like cocky for anyone to assume that you're the smartest person ever and you're going to figure out this business on your very first try. 
it's going to take time. It's going to take attempts. And that's how you learn, right? It's going through the process, the iterations. So I think it's something that we have to break that belief that failure or maybe not having the desired outcome is bad because it's only through those lessons that we actually take away from. Like your first two businesses helped you get to where you are now, where you did things faster, more quickly, more confidently, because you already learned them those first two uh, go rounds. Well, and I think what's important in, in that example from school and learning, yeah, think about it, the big red F on a paper. So we were programmed that an F, we failed something is bad, but we all have so much conditioned programming, especially in our subconscious, because, you know, the neuroscientist and Dr. Joe Dispenza, Bruce Lipton, those kind of guys talk about from zero to seven. So from birth to seven years old, we are a sponge taking it all in. So think about all the programming you're taught in your environment that might not be true. It was just true for them. So again, in that school Mm -hmm. example, we were taught failing is bad to avoid failure, avoid pain, avoid where I think what we're saying is no, go towards that because that's where the growth is and, and the freedom and the so many amazing things. Absolutely. And it is interesting that that freaked me out when I first heard that and learned that so much of who we are now was formed by the time we were five or six years old, because I'm like, I don't remember anything before third grade to my knowledge. Like maybe there's something there. If I saw a video or a picture, I'd be like, oh my gosh, you remember that? But for the most part, I think back and I'm like, honestly, I don't remember a lot of what happened. And so that is a little terrifying. Like, what if I was exposed to the wrong things? What if I watched the wrong show as a kid? Like, what if Barney like ruined me forever, right? (laughs) I'm just thinking back to whatever. uh, I think I remember seeing pictures of me watching as a kid. But um, it's really important to reprogram that subconscious because sometimes what we learned is not always empowering. We may have had those limiting beliefs plugged into our brain money doesn't grow on trees. We can't do that. That's for other people. And again, I I don't know if my parents ever said those things or if I ever was around people who said that, but now I'm being very intentional to listen very carefully. If people are not being positive, I don't want to have that kind of negative environment. So I'm going to remove myself from that, maybe a friend circle that holds you back type thing. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's the whole point. Now as an adult, we have the willpower and the freedom and the decision-making skills to be like, "Mm, that's not for me, or I don't want that. I don't have to believe that. I personally stopped watching the news many years ago. Uh, You know, fear mongering, let's not go down that hole. But um, (laughs) we, we have a lot of power over what we intake, especially the scrolling on social media. I unfollowed a lot of people and Mm -hmm. accounts that didn't make me feel good. I love that. And speaking of that, there's a quote that I I recently posted. I love this quote. It's like, it's kind of takes a second to really understand it, but it says you can't change the people around you. You can change the people around you. So you can't necessarily easily change someone else, but you can remove yourself from that environment and change who you're around. Uh, So once again, that's, you can't change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. Pretty cool. Well, that's powerful. And think about it. I, I love that one. If you're going around trying to change everybody, how does it feel when somebody, let's say you're in a relationship and somebody wants to change you? No one likes to be forced. They want to have the decision-making ability. And who are you to think that there's anything wrong with me? You know? So I think that's powerful. Yeah. And it's never about changing 
the person, your external. It's changing your perception within. And when you change within, the external changes. Yeah. And another example to go off of that, that is very visually appealing to me. It made a lot of sense when I first heard it. It's trying to be a lighthouse instead of a tugboat. A tugboat, you're trying to pull all these people one by one against their will sometimes. You know, you can lead a horse to water, but can't force it to drink type thing. But whenever you change yourself and you become the lighthouse, now all the boats and the ships that are lost in the storm, like the people around you who are looking to you as inspiration, they can kind of come towards that lighthouse. So I love that. Be a lighthouse instead of a tugboat, because being a tugboat, you're going to you know, run yourself ragged. Yes, I love that. Okay, so something I want to ask, uh, I want you to express more. I asked you what your billboard message to humanity is, and you said less dreaming, more doing. In other words, stop sitting on the sideline. So can you take it and just dive into that? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I picked that as my podcast tagline back in 2017. And like, I guess I haven't said it on the show in a while, but that was one of the things that I'd have on the intro and outro music. And I think it's very important because I still live to that to this day. A lot of people are afraid of failure, like we talked about. A lot of people are afraid to take action because there's uncertainty, there's unknowns, but life is uncertainty. You know, we, we don't always get to, we, we can't predict the future. We don't know what's going to happen five years from now. You know, I might have the best immune system ever and not get affected by everything happening now, but I could get hit by a bus tomorrow, right? For all we know. So understanding that don't leave your dreams on the sidelines. I think the, the, the worst regret or one of the regrets of the dying from that book, I haven't read it, but I've heard a few people talk about the five regrets of the dying is worrying too much about what others think, not taking the risks or doing the things that they wanted to do because they feared again, what others would think of them. What if they think that I'm stupid? What if they think this idea is dumb? What if I'm risking my career for this chance at being successful in my own business? Right? So that's just my encouragement. Sometimes I, I tend to take action too quickly without doing the due diligence. So maybe don't do that, but also don't just sit there and have analysis paralysis, reading 15 books, listening to a hundred podcasts and still not doing that first step. Because like we talked about earlier, you only learn by going through the motions, by seeing what didn't work, and then you can fix it and, and move forward. You're not going to figure it out by reading 15 books if you never do anything the first time. Well, and on that note, I think it is the analysis paralysis that really hit because I've experienced that. And so yeah. I think we take, number one, I think we take life too serious. So if you do step back and go, okay, trial and error, I'm having fun. This is an experiment. Yes, it's going to cost me time and money, but you're going to spend it anyway. So I just, you're right. And I think my whole thing is I almost want to like shake people alive that you are so much more powerful and capable than you you are currently acting or believing. And I just... I just want more for people, but they have to want it for themselves. Yeah. You can't want it for someone more than they want it. I've seen that as well, where you want to teach somebody, they kind of said they want to learn something, right? If if anyone ever reaches out to pick your brain or get coffee and you tell them exactly how to do everything, the most frustrating thing is when they go off and they kind of just don't do anything about it. Like you gave them the playbook. You told them exactly what it takes to get to where you are to achieve the goals And a lot of times it's like, they don't really want it. They just kind of like the idea of success. They don't love the idea of the work and the manifestation and the inner work that it takes to get there. So I really love that, that uh, point that you just made as well. They really have to want it for themselves. 
I have to share on that. I saw, and this was on Pinterest a while ago, but those people who come to you asking for advice, asking, they're called ask holes. So don't go around <laughs> asking and not implementing. You're literally wasting time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so frustrating. But I guess it's it's almost like that idea of, you know, when people say, why would you give money to the homeless? Like they're just going to buy drugs. It's like, hey, no, I'm going to do what I can. Me giving money out, I did my part. I tried to help. What they do with that is on them in a way. So same thing when people ask me, I'll sometimes give a little bit of time, maybe sometimes too much free time where I'm like, geez, this person wanted to pick my brain for 10 minutes. It turned into 30 minutes. And I know they're probably not going to do anything with this, but I feel pretty good about at least showing up and doing my best to positively impact them. Now, whether they take that information and apply it, that's on them, right? I might check in and nudge them, motivate them, but again, they have to want it for themselves. I really want to highlight and bring full circle what you shared earlier, which was what you've done in real estate to think outside of the box, to get rid of the box. But a quote you shared with me or a line was to shift what you think is possible. So I'd love for you to like really give high level. What does that mean? And how do you do it? Yeah. So to me, that means, I mean, obviously getting around people thinking and doing at a higher level. I know we talked about that earlier is if you're in this town that you were born in, all your friends are making 50 grand a year, you're going to get a job. You're going to make 50 grand a year. If you expand your mind, if you talk to people and you're like, geez, I thought the highest level of success was a hundred grand a year. And this person's making that a month. Now you've changed what you believe is possible, right? You've expanded your thinking. You've gotten around someone and maybe you hang out with them. They share what's working for them. That's, that's, you're not, not currently doing. And that's how you start to level up. Uh, so to me, it just means changing what you believe is possible is seeing what others are doing. Like the path has been forged ahead of you. People have done this, right? Don't reinvent the wheel type thing. Someone has done what it is that you want to do. Find those people, obviously learn from them, pay them, get mentorship, become their friends, meet them at conferences, go to, you know, if you're a podcaster, go to a podcast conference. I'm going to one in August, for example. And when you meet these people, you see what's possible for them. And that changes your beliefs of what's possible for you. It's almost like that Gatorade commercial back in the day, like anything you can do, I can do better. I have uh, that competitive feeling where I'm like, yeah. that's right. You know, that I may not be able to dunk or do a 360 dunk. Like if I were four feet tall or something, like maybe being a basketball player professionally would not be in the cards for me. It could be, but in most cases, you can get to where you want to go. You can change anything in your mind, right? If you believe it and you take action, you can make it happen. You can manifest it. I, I mean, I couldn't agree more that it brought to mind. And I actually had to write this down. Um, I love the four minute mile rule. Yes, uh, the Roger, they... Roger Bannister. And, but you can use that as a metaphor for life. So what somebody Anything. did now they've created the possibility in your mind, holy shit, I can do that. And I love this as an example, Sarah Blakely, love her. She's the founder yes. of Sphinx. And so cool. So Sarah, I, I'm not sure if she's the first, she might be, but she is a self-made female billionaire. And she just recently sold the majority of, of um, the shares or whatever of Spanx for $1.2 billion. And I love Sarah. She is fun. She is carefree. She is playful. Obviously she has created. Relaxed. Yeah. And it took her 20 years, but yeah. she has created this empire of doing what she loves to literally support women. And that comes with, you know, undergarments and whatever. 
But the fact that Sarah Blakely, self-made billionaire, has now set this new standard of what's possible. It's just like, okay, who's going to be next showing us what's possible? Yeah. And I love that idea of the Roger Bannister, the four minute mile, because before then, I mean, for those who I'm sure people listening have heard of this, or maybe you've talked about it before on previous episodes, but I think it was believed that it was physically impossible. Like your heart would explode if you ran a mile in four minutes or less, that was the belief. So everyone's like, well, damn, I don't want my heart to explode. So I'm not going to even try it. But when, when that person did it, when Roger Bannister did it, apparently the next person who did it, did it like less than a month later because they figured it was possible. A lot, a lot was mental and they took the steps to get there. So if you're not finding the motivation and inspiration in your friend group or in the town that you live in, sometimes it just helps go to a conference, watch some YouTube videos, see what someone who was from your town did, who left, moved to LA, became like a top actor who hangs out with the rock, like on weekends, right? It happens all the time. So just change what you believe is possible and everything will change after that. So I'm curious, what do you do in whether it's the mornings or the evenings? And I don't like using the routine anymore because you can derive the word rut from routine people getting stuck in a rut. Yeah. So what are your daily rituals that keep you the success mindset, this growing, expanding bigger? What are you doing? I never even thought about that, you know, morning routine turning into the rut. (laughs) It can feel a little bit like that if you're not doing things that empower you. So the book that I read in 2018 that changed the morning routine or morning uh, ritual game for me was called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And it talks about doing the savers, silence, affirmation, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. And I've told a million people about that book. I, I actually sent out an email blast, had a client reach out, say that she ordered the book and she's been doing the routine for at least you know 18 days. So it's kind of cool to see what kind of impact you can have on others just from sharing. Again, being the lighthouse, hey, this is what I do. This, this is what I, this literally changed my life. Maybe it'll help you. She got the book. She started doing the routine. And that has been super helpful because I start off every morning in a very empowering way, right? I'm, I'm learning, I'm investing in myself, I'm meditating, I'm journaling. I have journals from 2018 and it's all in Google Docs. So I can see what I did on this day in 2018 and 2019 and 2020. And then I write today's journal where I'm like, man, in 2018, I was struggling with this. I didn't know how to land any clients in real estate. Now I'm freaking closing deals from another state virtually and, you know, living my dream life. And I'm going snowboarding tomorrow for six hours. Uh, Whereas a few years ago, I'd have to go into the office or sit in on meetings that I didn't want to do. So that the miracle morning has been a game changer for me, but again, it's not one size fits all. It's not like you have to read that book. You have to do that to be successful, but that's what I've been personally doing. And then for evenings, I just have an alarm. It's not as structured. I have an alarm that goes off at 9 30 PM, which kind of says bedtime routine. You know, I get ready, brush my teeth, stop watching anything that I'm watching. Maybe I'll journal to end the day. And, um, I, my head hits the bed or the pillow by 10, 10 or 10, 15 PM. So I can get a full eight hours of sleep. And, um, that's what it looks like every single day, just consistency. I don't have any morning appointments in many, many cases. So I can have time to go to the gym, take care of myself, eat clean. Um, cause yeah, your body's like a machine, right? If you're not feeding it the right ingredients, if you're not charging it fully with a full night's rest, you're going to be off- operating at 50% capacity during the day. Yeah. Well, and I love that. And I love asking people what they do because you're right. There isn't a one size fits all, but there are commonalities and it tends to be 
movement, meditation, journaling, but it really is filling up your own cup in order to go about your day. So I love that. Yeah, you have to do it. I think it, it like the oxygen mask right on the plane. If yep. the plane's tanking or the cabin pressure changes, they tell you to put your mask on first before you help anyone else. So that's what my morning routine is or a ritual. It's filling up my own cup before I go and give it to others. Yes. Okay. On that note, I feel like we've talked about a ton of different things today. So the question I have is what is a key takeaway you want listeners to get? The key takeaway, I would say really just take action, take one small step. I I need to do this as well. I've got some goals that have been up on my board and I'm like, I want to do it. I don't know how to do it. I need a coach. I need a course. Like, I, I think I'm looking for the secret answers when really I'm like, I need to just put myself out there, make the posts on social media, tell people you're starting doing coaching in X, Y, or Z, and just take that first step, right? The first step's always the hardest, but you don't have to see the whole, the whole picture, the whole vision. Just take that first step. Then you take the next one and you go from there and three years in, you're like, like myself, holy crap, I just passed a million downloads with my podcast, right? But it happened with what's a podcast? How do I do it? What's the microphone? Gosh, the quality sucks on that one, right? So that's just one small example of how you start. You take that first step and then you look back and you're like, whoa, I'm, I'm to my destination or even further. Okay. So I, I have to share a real life example on that, on just taking the first step, just getting started. Number one, I didn't ever think I'd get into podcasting, but when I did, I started <laughs> December of 17 Mm-hmm. And the people I was with, the entrepreneurs, I was everybody was doing it. I was like, well, why not? I love talking. That's another platform. And let me just share it yeah. with you. My first podcast sucked. And I, <laughs> I was so nervous. And I literally would write out a script. I would read it word for word. <laughs> it was, and I know. And then I was trying to not sound like I'm reading. But why I'm sharing that is because my first ones sucked. And I can look back and realize that. But now... I good or bad, but I can go off on tangents and I can do a 15 minute on the spot, no preparation, just speak. But yeah. look, it took, I'm 386 episodes in. So it's taken hundreds of episodes. I don't even know how many hours that is to feel confident and comfortable and be able to talk, but I just got started. Absolutely. That's a perfect example. And there's an example too, with a, I think a class that was painting pumpkins or carving pumpkins or something. I forget the exact example, but one group of students had to do like the perfect one and they only got one opportunity. The other group had to do as many as possible in a certain amount of time. And I guess what was discovered was that the group that just did more, they had the better pumpkins, like the overall better carvings or paintings or whatever, because they had done 10 or 15 while the other people were sitting there trying to make that first one perfect. So that's an example of just doing the reps. You're going to get better. You're going to learn far more by doing than by sitting on the sidelines and analyzing, right? Oh. So thank you for sharing that example. Very relevant. Love that. Okay. So I'd love to wrap up the interview. I have a couple of rapid fire questions for you. Okay. What is a quote or motto that you live by? A quote or motto? Well, obviously I love the less dreaming, more doing, but um, let's see, just do it. I love the Nike phrase that kind of lines up with it. Just freaking do it. Stop waiting. Who cares? Sign up to skydive on Saturday and go break your fears. And once you do that repeatedly, I mean, after you conquer a fear, like jumping out of a plane, like I've I've done it like 30 something times. I got my skydive license. Um, You can, you can do anything. Like what's scarier than that? You know, picking up the phone and making a cold call. That ain't too bad. Yeah. Love that. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? A book that 
I highly recommend, I'm currently reading the Dr. Joe Dispenza book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Great book. I do recommend it. But one that really changed the game for me was Essentialism, I think by Greg McCown. I don't know how to pronounce the last name, but that helped me realize like less is more, be kind of an essentialist or almost like a minimalist. Doing a million things isn't going to move the ball forward. Do three things or two things very, very well. And say no to things that don't align with your goals because that takes away from your personal life, your kids, you know, your family. Anytime you say yes, you're over committing in one area. You're saying no to other things in your life. Spot on. All right. Final question. What advice would you give your younger self? Oh, what advice? I love this one because hindsight's 2020, obviously. I would say to start sooner, you know, believe in yourself sooner. But of course, it's easier said than done. How do you believe in something you've never done until you actually do it or see somebody who's done it? So just get started. You know, I sat on the sidelines. I did the corporate job. I, I didn't like it. I went to work every day uninspired. And finally, I just had enough and I took action. But I know people who are where I am and they're 10 years younger because they just started, you know, so just start anywhere that you are in life. It doesn't matter your age or how long you've been doing something or if you think you can't recreate yourself, it's never too late to be the person you want to be. That's another cool quote. A hundred percent. And what a great note to end on. Chris, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Had a blast. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes or subscribe to my YouTube channel, Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.